Hey friends, happy Wednesday and welcome to the Drive Through Moms podcast. Each episode, we're talking to a mom or sharing something to encourage moms to see God's faithfulness. I can't wait for you to hear who's next. Here we go. Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to the Drive Through Moms podcast. Today, we have one of my newest friends, Miss Julie Perido. Hey, Julie. Hey. How are you doing up in Ohio, right? Yes, Ohio. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. So you're in Ohio, somewhere outside of Cincinnati. You have four kids, just like in a nutshell, you homeschool and you just released your first book. Um, But before we get into that, just tell us a little bit about your family, your life in Ohio, uh, and maybe kind of a current season that you guys are in. Sure. Um, Well, like you said, I have four kids. They're nine, eight, six, and two. And we're wrapping up our homeschool year. Um, I would say a glimpse into this season is it's been a little bit of a relaxed season, which is really nice. Uh, my husband started working from home about a year and a half ago. So he's home and just, I don't know, that just kind of sets the tone for the house of like, I have a little bit of extra help and he's not commuting to and from work. And um, yeah, so I've really enjoyed kind of this more relaxed season instead of him working a lot and having a lot of little kids and not a lot of help. It's been um, been really nice. And my mom and stepdad moved down here a few years ago too. And so now they're around a lot more and helpful and we see them. So um, even though I have four kids and I'm homeschooled, this has probably been our quietest, most relaxed season really. So it's been really nice. That's good. And I know having family near you is super important, especially if you've got kind of four stair-step kiddos. Mine were fairly far apart, um, all about four years apart in school, but we always lived near my mom and my parents. And so, um, you know, 10, 15 minutes away. And so having them, even though they were both teaching school, having them around, you know, for um, just a little relief here and there, but um, yeah. And having your husband work from home, that that has been, has he, so that's a new thing. He hasn't done that typically. Correct. Yes. It kind of just started with COVID and then never stopped. So he'll probably start going back here pretty soon, but just like two days a week. So yeah, it's been really nice. It's allowed me to write the book, like you mentioned, um, and kind of, you know, he's gotten some house projects done. So a lot of those things that had he been working 45, 50 hours a week, and commuting and no family around to help, you know, we would have had time to, to do these things. And a friend actually pointed out to me, she's like, it's really cool that God called you to write a book when you had this extra margin in your life. It wasn't like right. five years ago when you were just like super busy and a lot of it just kind of fell on me. And I was like, you're right. Like he did really time it really well. So Right. Right. He doesn't know what he's doing. He does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that margin's a big deal. I know even um, my husband's worked from home most of our marriage, we've been married for 33 years, work from home most of the time, but there've been multiple years where he commuted. Um, we live in North Dallas. And so, um, he had a project once where he was working in Fort Worth. So the commute was about an hour and a half one way. And Mm. so, and he did that for, I don't know, six to nine months and just living in a big city. We've talked a lot about that lately with our, our kids are kind of all spread out, um, around the North Dallas area, but, um, you know, so we're anywhere from, 30 minutes to two hours apart, but the commute alone, adding that extra time to your day, um, just limits, 
you know, the extra flexibility and, and how much you can help. So I can imagine having him home in the middle of the day, even if it's just, I'm super spoiled now that he's, he's, um, I went back to work full time a few years ago, but he has been from, he's been at home for the last, I don't know how many years, but I haven't done and y'all, nobody shoot me when you hear this, but I haven't done laundry in probably six years. Like he's just home and <laughs> he's just awesome. home. And so, and granted now it's only the two of us, but um, he's like, you know what? It's in between meetings and just having that, you know, five minutes in between meetings. is like, you know, it gives me something else to do. I'm like, well, you just do laundry to your heart's content. That's <laughs> I'll take it all day. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So there are definite benefits. So, okay. So let's get in a little bit to uh, talk about the book. So you wrote a book called draw the verse. So in a nutshell, tell us a little bit about how the book, you know, how the idea came to be and then how you kind of got started um, just with the process of writing the book. Sure. So Yeah, the short story is um, I was doing um, a church class that was going through a book called How People Change, um, written by Paul David Tripp. And it's all about how to have true heart change um, and instead of just changing your behavior, actually changing your heart and your heart's desires to trust in the Lord um, and that that brings about true change. So one of the main passages in that book is Jeremiah 17, 5 through 9, and it talks about how when you trust in the Lord, you are like a tree by the water. And when you trust in your own heart, you are like a bush in the desert. And these truths that I was learning through this book and through the passage about trusting in the Lord instead of trusting my own thoughts and feelings um, was really impactful to me. And I wanted my kids to learn this passage too. And in the past, I had taught them scripture through um, hand motions and repetition and kind of the the typical ways, um, which have all worked. Those are fine too. But with this verse in particular, this passage, it had that visual imagery of the tree by the water and the bush in the desert. And so um, I got out paper and I wrote the verses on the paper and I had them draw a tree by the water. And we talked about when you trust in the Lord, you're going to be like this tree that's by the water. It's bearing fruit no matter the weather. It's growing and it's strong and it's steady. But then when we trust in our own hearts, we're going to be like a bush in the desert. So I wrote out that verse and I had them draw a bush in the desert. And when we trust our thoughts and our feelings and our experiences, instead of trusting in scripture, we're going to be just like that bush in the desert. So they were drawing and we were talking about this. And and as they were um, as they were drawing it, I was just thinking like, this would be a really good book. Like I've purchased a lot of kids devotionals and different t- scripture tools, and I hadn't seen anything that used drawing for scripture memory. And so long story short, it kind of kept popping up in my mind. I couldn't really find anything. Um, I looked on Amazon and um, finally one day, about a year after that, that first day that I had them draw those verses, I felt like God very clearly was like, you need to make this book. Um, so long story short, he just kept making each step clear and I kept walking in the steps until I had a book and now it is available on Amazon and I'm just really humbled and grateful that he called me to do such an amazing thing. I never would have thought of myself as an author or had any desire to write a book, but, um, yeah, he just made it very clear. And now that I'm doing it, I'm like, I love this. Like, this is just so such like a wonderful thing to be able to encourage families to 
to root their hearts in scripture and to teach their children to know and apply his word. Like there's nothing greater than that. So to have a small part and being able to help my family and other families do that, um, I'm just really grateful that he's, he's had me do that. Which I think is awesome because um, I know part of, uh, I've talked to several authors lately, which is a whole nother story, but um, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that. Like a lot of them have said, you know, I've always written, I've written since I was a kid. I've been telling stories since I was a child. And then some of them, you know, I interviewed somebody not long ago who wrote a, a book about a dog and she's like, I'm not a dog person. You know, it was just purely the Lord putting an idea on their heart. And then, but for you to say that, you know, God called me to do something that I have never really even considered doing. I don't consider myself a writer. And yet I think that just shows so much, um, and points more to him and his gifting you. And um, I've been reading through the Old Testament and there's so much about the Solomon building the temple. And when David um, helped him right before he passed away, prepare um, all of the things that he was going to need for the temple. But the, but the Bible talks about how um, God imparted knowledge to the people um, and gave them the skill. In fact, I put it on my wall <laughs> in my office for when I feel like, wow, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but it says every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary or to do the work just as he commanded. So even though they weren't necessarily skilled or thought of themselves as a, you know, iron worker, or whatever their, their task was that God skilled them in that. So I think that's, that's awesome that uh, as part of your story that you were called to do something that you didn't really hadn't wasn't this big dream of yours. It was something that God put on your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love that verse that you shared. That's very um, encouraging and helpful. And that's something I've learned along the way too, is just once I jumped into the writing world, <laughs> um, I was like, Oh man, there's a lot of writers there. You know, a lot of it, it feels competitive. It's confusing. It's kind of hard to navigate, but I've really had to keep at the forefront of my mind. Like I'm doing this for the Lord. I can trust him to guide my steps. And there's a lot of times where I was anxious or striving or getting wrapped up in, um, the numbers and different things, but just trying to always bring myself back to like, it's for the Lord. This is his battle. And just what you said, like he's going to equip me and he's going to guide, guide my steps as he wants. So yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Right. Yeah. And I love, um, I was just going to read the scripture that you were referencing. I was pulling it up real quick on my phone. Um, it says, thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts and makes his flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell. I, what version did I pull up? He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots in the streams and does not fear when the heat comes. I think the thing that's so interesting about um, this is I've, I've read the end of that before. I mean, I remember reading um, about being like a tree planted by the water, but I think the, you know, the juxtaposition of then talking about the shrub um, in the desert is just, I could see how when you got to that point with your kids, being able to draw the difference of the two and having the opposites um, had to be super impactful, especially to draw it out. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the actual um, book. Um, so if you've written this more like a family devotional, is this something that you do one-on-one? Right. So the way I've been using it with my kids, which is kind of the main um, intent of it is 
I read them the text while they are drawing. Um, but with that said, um, some older kids could do it on their own. Um, so if kids kind of didn't want to do it with a parent or, you know, even an adult, I've had some adults say like, I'm going to use this for myself for like my devotion time. It could be used for that too. But um, I wrote it with the intent of a parent is reading it and talking their kids through the verses because I really wanted, um, the parents to be knowing these verses too. And it's a family, family activity where everyone's learning the same verse and learning how to apply it. And then you have the benefit of now you can encourage each other and remind each other of that verse when someone else needs it. So. Right. And I was listening to you the other day on an, on one of your podcasts that you were on. And I loved what you said. You were, you said, it's not just like you're doing a devotional once to check it off your list, but it's finding opportunities to weave God's word throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that and then maybe walk through what an average day looks like in terms of um, doing this devotional process with your kids. Sure. So um, typically how we do it is the first day they'll be drawing the scripture. So for example, the very first um, verse in the book is Psalm 19, one, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. So there's a simple illustration of an astronaut and a few outer space elements. And then there's instructions for what to add to that picture to create a visual representation of the verse. Um, So the kids can draw their face in the astronaut helmet. They can add different things that God created in the sky, stars and planets and different things. Um, And then as they're drawing, I'm reading the um, explanation of the verse. So there's um, a learn it section, which gives an explanation of what that means. Um, Then there's some discussion questions that... um, just ensure comprehension of the verse, make sure everyone's catching kind of what it means and just gets, gets you talking about it. Um, and then there's a live it section that will tell you kind of how to now use that verse in your everyday life. So sometimes it's just as simple as like, let's pray together and ask God to help us with this. Um, it's all, and prayer is always in that live it section because we want to depend on God through prayer. Um, and sometimes there might be like a weekly activity, like let's keep a list of this. Or um, I think for that first that first week of um, the sky picture, you're instructed to kind of make a list of ways that um, creation that you have seen in the sky, like write down clouds and the moon and different things that you see in the sky and then praise God for them. So sometimes there's an activity like that for you to, to do with your kids. Um, And then the very last section is a study section, and that will have more verses um, for further study on that topic. So I know in that first week with um, Psalm 19.1 in the study section, there's a passage in Job that talks about how God created uh, the stars and the lightning, and he keeps the snow in the storehouses. Um, So a lot of times for us, once they're drawing the verse, I'm reading through most of the text, but that study it section, I'll usually save that for the next day just because there's two or three uh, different different passages to look up and talk about. Um, so we usually save that for another day. Um, and then the goal too is, like you mentioned, it's not just, okay, now we did it. Let's move on with our day. But now to make that verse a natural part of your conversation. And um, I found with... Um, all scripture is great for memorizing, but what I found with these visual verses, it's a lot easier to bring it up organically in conversation. Um, so like, for example, 
one of my kids um, said like, well, how can we know God is real? Like, how do we know that? Um, And so we talked a little bit about, um, well, we can know through creation and we can know through answered prayer. And um, we talked a little bit about that. But then one day we were driving home and there was a really pretty sunset. And so I brought up that verse again, like, this is how we can know that sun cannot be in that exact right spot, giving us the warmth that we need to sustain life on earth, like that sun. And then that sunset on top of that is just a visual display of the fact that there is a God and there is a great creator who, who made um, the world and made us. And so Psalm 19, one points to that. And so just bringing up those verses that you memorize in moments like that um, to kind of weave scripture throughout the day and make it a part of your regular conversation. So that's how we we have used the verse. And that's how, yeah, I hope other families use it as well. Or use the book, I mean. So each verse basically goes, you, you go, you're going over that verse for the whole week, right? Correct. So yes. then you may do one day, like you said, you're focus, focusing on the memori- the memorizing it part. And then mm-hmm. another day you're doing, okay, now we're going to draw it and then we're going to learn it. So each day you're kind of reiterating the same verse over and over for a week, but in a different way so that, you know, that even just um, solidifies it even more in their mind and their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I can obviously see, um, you know, the variability between the ages in your kids, what, what is a really good age range you feel like this is targeted for? Yeah, I feel like probably where my kids are at is pretty good. My daughter is six, so she might be a tad on the young side. I don't know how much she catches as much as my boys who are eight and nine. Um, but with that said, I've had people say like, I use it with my four-year-old and I just tailor it for them. So I think the drawing part is for sure. And the memorizing, drawing, memorizing is going to be for any age. Um, and then, yeah, just that's kind of where the discussion questions come in though, just to make sure like, okay, are you kind of grasping the general concept of what the verse is saying? And then, like I mentioned, just weaving it throughout the day as like your kids have questions or they need to be, um, you know, reminded of this scripture, um, you can tailor that your conversation, obviously, to the age of your child in that way as well. Right. But yeah, I would say probably seven to 10 is kind of who I wrote it for. But with that said, scripture is profitable for everybody. So right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how did you go about deciding what verses to pick? So the book has mm-hmm. 24 verses. So, you know, 24 weeks worth of um, material for you to go through, but how did you come up with those particular verses? Yeah, I wanted something that fit that age group, that kind of seven, seven to 10, seven to 12 um, group that I had mentioned, um, and also ones that weren't too long so that they could be memorized fairly easily. Um, So verses that kind of fit kids and could be applied to kids. And then um, also verses that were visual. (laughs) So there's... Yeah, so that kind of really narrowed it down, um, but there's a lot of similes and, you know, visual images in scripture. So um, that kind of got me the the solid 24 that, that I have in the book. So what's something that you feel like you've seen God do through the process of writing the book and then actually going through the book within your own family? Mm, that's a good question. Um the process of writing the book for me, 
I think he's just grown me in so many ways. Like I said, I never saw myself as being an author and writing a book. So I think he's just really refined me in the process, caused me to depend on him, to trust him to make the steps clear, to slow down when I was striving too much, um, to do things that were out of my comfort zone. Um, I think he's really just, yeah, put me in a place where I am completely dependent on him, which really is all of us. We just don't realize it. Mm -hmm. But um, with this process, it's just become a lot more evident that like I really need him to show me what to do because this is not something I've done before. Um, And then going through it with my family, I think it's encouraging to see when things stick with my kids that you're like, oh, they're actually listening to that. Right. <laughs> like, like, oh, for you example, heard me. <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, before, this was even before writing the book was on my radar. It was in that kind of interim year when I thought, oh, that's a good idea, but I hadn't felt called to do it yet. Um, we made those Jeremiah verses a regular part of our conversation, and we would regularly talk about being a tree by the water and being a bush in the desert and... Um, and one day when one of when one of my boys was six, um, he prayed after devotion time and he was like, dear God, please help us to be trees by the water. And I was like, oh Aww. man, like that stuck with him. Yeah. yeah. So, um, or the, the second verse in the book is about um, when you're laying in bed at night, um, you can... Um, pray to God and sing worship songs. It's a verse in Psalms. I can't remember it offhand, but um, it's talking about how David did that. When I remember you on my bed. I think about you in the night watches for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. Um, I can't remember the reference offhand, but um, so one of my kids who has a hard time memorizing, he's like, oh, I like that one. Like it, it helps me to remember what I should should think about at nighttime and so yeah just seeing like the obedience of feeding them God's word um even though sometimes it's like I don't think anyone caught any of that (laughs) (laughs) but then seeing glimpses like that where it's like oh they are catching it yeah like God's working in their hearts and he's using these little faithful steps on my end to make that happen um it's been really encouraging and I think sometimes it's hard, especially in our culture of just wanting, you know, immediate gratification of, of really anything that we're doing um, to, you know, want to see those that, for, you know, that seed that's planted that fruit immediately um, in our kids when we're like, OK, well, I, I taught you that or I told you that. Why don't you remember that? Or, um, you know, but knowing that sometimes it takes time and there there's there's a lot that they're pondering and it's in their little hearts that we don't see and know. And and that might, like you said, come out later in a vulnerable moment. Um, whether it's like a night before they go to bed or when, you know, something's pressing in and they're stressed or scared or, or angry or something, or even just, you know, uh, I just did a podcast with my kids and I'm super excited about, about, um, leaving the nest and, um, all of mine are grown and, you know, you pray through those years when they're small for a whole lot of things. Um, but I played the podcast for my husband the other day. I just had a unedited version and we were listening to it on the way back from coming into town and we got done and he was like, okay, that, 
made me feel so good, so proud, not like in a vain way, but it, it was just super refreshing to see and to listen to my kids, um, you know, that, that the Lord has made an impact on them, mm-hmm. that what we did, we sowed seeds along the way. We were not perfect. We're still not perfect. You know, we all are, make mistakes, but that, you know, they're grown, thriving, independent, love the Lord adults. And we were like, Wow, we did it, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and that God's just been so good to us. So it it's sometimes, like you said, in the middle of it, you just are like, are they getting this? I don't know. Am I doing it right? And like thankful for grace because, you know, um, pointing them to the Lord and putting them in those areas, um, you know, with other people in their life. And there's going to be a lot of things in the world as they grow up that have influence in them outside of just you. And um so anyway, so just keep doing what you're doing because it is so important. And I think as moms, especially, um, I think we feel the weight of it more. Not that not that our husbands don't, but maybe in a different way. Sometimes I feel, and then maybe this is just me, but I feel like we feel the weight and the importance of doing as much as we can and teaching them as much as we can, especially as believers about the Lord, where to go when we're stressed where to go, what to do when we're angry, how, you know, the character of God and who he is and how he's going to be there for us and provide. Um, and so teaching them the scripture and teaching them um, those those discipline habits, right? That's a discipline of, of reading your Bible and, um, you know, doesn't just, you know, go in by metamorphosis if you're not, you know, or osmosis, if you're not reading it and, and doing it, but teaching the kids by example, but then also walking with them is just super important. And so I think as moms, it's just a heavy thing on our heart um, because we feel, we know how important it is. Right. Yeah. Well, and I love hearing from moms who are on the other side, like you, where you're seeing that fruit. So it's encouraging for me, like I'll see, like I said, like glimpses of fruit now, which is encouraging, but then knowing like, you know, there's going to be even more, hopefully, um, that's my prayer, but as they get older and so I just really appreciate you and other moms like you that share those testimonies because it's encouraging for us moms who are still in the still tr- planting the seeds. Yes. <laughs> in the trenches. In the trenches. Oh, we're all in the trenches in some way or another. Oh, so what do you think people really see? What the main goal of what they see through using the book, draw the verse? Um, the scripture memory, getting those visual images. Um, and actually I forgot to, to mention this, but, um, as I was doing research for the book, there's actually a study that says that drawing is the top memorization tool. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that before I started writing the book, but I'm like, Oh, there's actually research, like scientific research to prove this. Um, it was by the university of Waterloo, if anyone wants to look it up, but, um, they compared a lot of different memorization techniques and drawing always came out on top. So, um, when you draw these visual verses, you're not going to get the word for word. You will have to work to do that, but it's the visual images that get in your, um, in your mind that get quote unquote drawn on your heart and mind, um, that help you to remember the concept of the verse. So for example, when you and your kids are drawing the, um, the outer space scene and you're going to remember the heavens declare 
the glory of God. You're going to remember that concept of like, oh, God, God made creation. We can see God in creation. Um, and so I think what people are going to get out of it is just the concepts that the scriptures are conveying. Um, and hopefully as you go through the book and by the time you get to the end of the book, you'll have 24 visual images drawn on your heart and mind that you and your kids will now be able to um, talk about and make a regular part of your day and um, change your life will be changed through. Right. Well, and I think that it's something that, you know, you're mentioning that study is that it's always something that you've heard in school growing up is that, you know, as you're, um, as you're, it's one thing to read something. It's another thing if you heard it, it's another thing if you wrote it. Um, But to add that, that, picture reference, especially there's a lot of people that will go around saying, well, I'm a visual learner. Well, a lot of people are, um, but having that all tied together in, in, in succession of doing it multiple days, multiple ways, um, you know, it, it'll be amazing to see how that comes back to fruition. Like you said, in, in families that, that use the book and go through the study. So I'm very excited about it for you. Oh, thank Um, you. So let me say, can yeah, I say really quick? Sure. You said visual learner. Um, that study actually said that it doesn't matter um, your learning style or how artistic you are. Anybody can memorize better through drawing. Through drawing. So I thought, yes, that was that was very interesting. So it doesn't, because at first I thought like, oh yeah, it's going to be like you said, like the visual learner or whatever, but nope, it's just anybody. So yeah. That's funny. It's when my kids, now I don't know if you want to talk about technique, about how you're actually memorizing the verse, but I know when my kids were um, going through various stages, I think one of mine did this in high school. One of them did it um, in college and I think still does it. But like when they're going through memorizing a verse, um, they'll write it out on their mirror in the bathroom and then they'll go through and like eliminate words here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll mm-hmm. write it, write it with a, an expo marker or something. And then they'll like erase a word here and there. And then to where they get to the point where they've erased most of them. Um, and that's how they go through. So I could see doing that and replacing some of those words, even with pictures of, um, you know, if it says the world, you need to draw a globe or whatever. But um, so what are some ways and techniques that you use with the kids, maybe on just specifically memorizing the actual verse? Mm-hmm. Um, probably saying it just repetition. And then sometimes we've done hand motions, so that can work too. Um, yeah, yeah I can are- say hand motions, especially with mm-hmm. younger kids and music um, things that you sing to, obviously, um, versus per- put to song, you know, it's what a lot of our worship songs are, our verses put right. to music. So, um, that's great. So tell me something that you feel like God's been teaching you during this season, whether it's, you know, through the writing and releasing of the book or just what you've seen God do, um, in your own heart right now in the stage you're in with your kids. Yeah. Um, the, the thing he's definitely been working on me on is the importance of prayer and depending on him through prayer and teaching my kids how to pray. Um, I think so often for me, I was like so focused on the things I had to do. I needed to do devotions with them and I needed to train them and to discipline them lovingly. And so I did, 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 did all these things, which were great. And I think there were seeds planted, but I kind of realized like 
I am not really, I'm kind of just assuming God's going to do his part because I'm doing my part without really taking the time and like stepping back and praying for their hearts, praying for those seeds to grow and to be fruitful. Um, And so that's something that I've really tried to be more intentional about is not just focusing on my faithfulness to God, but praying for him to do the work in their hearts um, because I can't get to their hearts. Only he can. Right. So I really need to pray for him to, to make those seeds that I've planted grow. Um, and then another thing is just teaching them how to pray. And that was something that's kind of been tricky for me because um, I don't know. I feel like I was never really taught how to pray without ceasing throughout the day. Um, it was more of like, we pray before bedtime and we pray before dinner. And if something big happened, we might pray, but it wasn't like an ongoing conversation with God. And I see how important that is. That's something I, since I wasn't really taught how to do that or did that regularly, I'm kind of struggling to get the momentum for that. And then since I'm struggling, I can't really teach my kids how to do that real well. So I've kind of just been putting one foot in from the other and, um, taking moments to, to teach them to pray, to take time for myself to pray. Um, and really just having that dependence on God. Um, even something as small as like, before we started recording, we couldn't find a school book. And instead of just frantically looking for the book and everyone go find the book, I was like, let's pray about it. So we took time to pray that we would find a book. And, and in the past, I might have thought like, well, that's silly. Like, it's just a book. Oh, God no. doesn't really care about that. But yeah. if, I, if we're talking about the, the creator of the world and the universe and the God who put the sun in the, that, in the exact spot to sustain life on earth and the God who died for us. And, you know, he, if he is the God of all these things, then he cares even about the small things about the lost book. And he wants us to come to him with these small things. And so um, I've just been a lot more intentional with depending on God, not just with the big things, but the small things and realizing that he cares about those things too. Um, So yeah, so that's just been an area where I've been striving to grow and, um, and change lately. I think that something that, um, uh, I've always, I don't know that it was really modeled that way or that I, like you said, learned it. Um, but I've always, maybe it's been in like an anxiety driven thing, but I've always been a, um, constant prayer. So I, I, that's been something that I've done for a long time. Um, a, like a constant conversation with the Lord. Um, and, one of the things that, um, well, maybe to the extent that sometimes like, am I bothering you? I'm sorry, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I've been talking about this a lot lately. Um, but this, there's a, there's something I've been using lately called as, um, the daily, uh, I just lost it. Um, the Bible studies that I've been doing the daily grace company, daily grace. Co. So they have a journal and I, uh, it's a prayer journal is the way it's mapped out. Um, and I never had really, I've had multiple journals through the years where I write, you know, thoughts or ideas or prayer lists. And, but it's like, I start one, I finish one. I've got stacks of them like all over and maybe like they're a third of the way full. I'll just get another journal, start over. But this journal, what I love about it is it's also follows a calendar year. So it, it, it helps me with my organizational side too, Mm -hmm. is that you look at it from like almost a monthly perspective. It's like, okay, 
it allows you to focus on right now. Where am I right now? What is going on in my heart and my soul right now? And so what are things that I'm praying for, um, you know, in the moment? And then it has an opportunity within that same month to go back and say, where did you see God answer prayer? And I know a lot of people do that. And you're like, okay, I'm going to keep a prayer journal and write down what I'm praying for and then go back and, um, you know, okay, God answered it on this date. But for some reason, the way this one is mapped out has just been such a huge blessing to me. I'll link it in the show notes, but I, I'm a huge fan of the Daily Grace Co. I love all of their studies. I'm currently doing one on Ruth right now. But this one is just, it It has a, um, at the beginning, it has a reading plan, um, which I've never, I mean, just total transparency. I've never been good on an everyday basis. I just, I have struggled with that for a long time. I'm good if I'm doing a study, you know, like a book study or something, but then the book is over. I'm like, well, I'm done. And, and yet this has been something that has been very consistent for me. Um, and I don't know, I just love it. I know it's probably TMI, but it, it's the way it's mapped out from a prayer perspective and allowing you to kind of in the moment because it's guided, you know, what's going on now, what are things that are happening? And then, um, anyway, I just love it. So it's, yeah. been, it's been fantastic. And I will that say, I just felt prompted to share this verse. Um, there's a verse in Ephesians that I've prayed a lot over my kids, especially cause you kind of touched on it. Um, cause you don't know their heart. And unless they're sharing with you and the older that they get, they will go through seasons where they don't tell you a lot um, for whatever reason, good or bad. Um, they just are kind of, you know, merging into their own um, experience and trying to figure out who they are and what they believe and uh, or don't believe or just things that they're processing on their own. But this has been a prayer kind of I've adopted with my kids um, through the years. But uh, it's in Ephesians 1.18. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you, he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. So it's just something that I've prayed that, you know, with the kids, like I said, as they get older, and there's times when you can tell they're obviously struggling with something and they're trying to figure something out you know, they may not come to you. They may go to someone else at church or they may go to someone else in their sphere of influence, which is fine. Um, and that as a mom is hard to adjust to at times is to realize you're not going to always be the one they're going to come to. It's just the fact of life because they get, get grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's something that I've always had a piece in and being able to pray that God knows them, loves them more than I do, which is hard to imagine. Um, and, that for God to do his part, God's going to take care of it. But for him to open the eyes of their heart and for them to see what he's called them to, what he's asking of them and for them to see things through his eyes and not just theirs or not even through, you know, us as their mother or their father, as their, what are our expectations on them? Right. Cause everybody wants to please their parents mm-hmm. and no matter how old you are. Um, but for them to see, um, where God is calling them. So anyway, that's just been an encouraging verse to me. So yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. So tell me a little bit um, before we wrap up about some other resources, maybe that you've used through the years um, that can be used. Like I, I told you before we got on my, my kids are obviously older. So resources and what are out there outside of, 
you know, using your Bible in and of itself, which obviously we should do. Um, but what are some other things that you've kind of used to partner with that, um, with your kids? Cause like I said, none of that stuff was available when my kids were little. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for scripture memory, as far as songs, like I think you had mentioned, um, seeds, family worship we've used, um, since the kids were like toddlers. So we've liked that a lot. Um, we'll just listen to it in the car. Um, and if you have like an eight to 12 year old who is like really into, I don't know, science and facts and that sort of thing, I guess my nine-year-old really is. And, um, so I think it's, um, Harvest House. They have a series called Bible Infographics and it takes the Bible and just pulls out all these facts. Um, but they, they do it in a really cool and engaging way, um, for older kids. So, um, he's really loved that. It's a great way for them to just learn, um, learn about scripture. Um, they have, I think three books out now, which, which he's really enjoyed. Um, and then on that vein, we've also really enjoyed, uh, Louis Giglio's books, um, that he takes science facts and ties it in with scripture for a daily devotional. And he also has three books out now. We did one of his, um, this morning, actually. Um, yeah. How great is our God indescribable? And I forget what the third one is. Um, but you can find them on Amazon. Um, so those have been really great. Um, kids read truth. I've really enjoyed everything I've gotten from them. They have different, uh, Bible studies for kids and, um, like flashcards, like where they have a uh, names of God flashcard set that we've done off and on over the years, or, um, one that walks through the book of, um, Exodus and the story of Moses and, uh, the Egyptians and the plagues and all that. Um, so there's like, I think 40 maybe flashcards and you end up doing one a day and it makes a whole big picture of that story. And yeah, so that's kids read truth. We've liked what we've gotten from there. Um, and then finally, as far as like the prayer and the teaching kids to pray, um, I recently just got raising prayerful kids. Um, I can't remember who it's by. It's two ladies. Um, but you can find that on Amazon as well. And that's just been super, super practical. Like I said, like teaching my kids how to pray has been just kind of challenging for me. It just has been. And so they just have very easy um, games and tips. Like, for example, um, during our devotion time, one of their things that that they suggest is go outside and do like a nature walk and find things that God created and then praise God for those things. Um, and like I said, like, I think in the past I might've been like, well, that's a little too, that's really simple. And that's basic. So like, do we really need to do that? But it's doing those simple and basic things that then build into not only bigger prayers, but also just recognizing God in the simple basic things <laughs> because right. he's here and it's so easy to overlook and kind of negate like, well, God doesn't really care about this thing that I want or need or, but, or maybe that's just me, <laughs> but it's kind of made me come back to some of the basics of like, Oh, like God made this tree, like a tree in our yard. I'm like, this is really cool. This way, like the flowers are coming out of like the trunk and like, that's really cool the way God made that. It made me pause and kind of just slow down and recognize that. And so we've done that a few times at nature walk and praising God for 
for his creation, or they have um, one where you just go around and everyone says something that they're thankful for. And it can be as simple as like, um, oh, what did one of my kids say this morning? I forget. It was something super basic, like my video games or something like that. But I'm like, you know what? Praise the Lord for your video games. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you know, without God, we wouldn't have anything. So sure. Let's, let's thank God for for the simple thing. So yeah. So that's just been a really good resource um, for me to grow in my prayer life. And then also like coming alongside and teaching them. Um, And even like, um, one of my kids is, is sick and, um, if, had we not been focusing more on prayer the last week or two, I don't know if, if he would have said this, but before bed, he was like, mom, can you pray for me? And I was like, oh, yes, of course I can pray for you. And just seeing him like wanting to depend on God in that moment, because now we are taking the steps in these moments with finding the book and noticing the tree that looks cool and praising God for that. Like we've been taking these small steps, um, throughout our day to, to depend on God and to come to him. And so in that moment when he had a need, he wanted me to pray for that, for him. And I was just like that, like, praise the Lord. Like, that's so cool to see the fruit of, of taking those steps to, to focus more on prayer. So, right. so yeah, pra- Raising Prayerful Kids has been the really helpful book. Okay. That's great. And I'll link all the, those titles and stuff in the show notes too. Um, I know this is probably a little old school. There's a series of books that for me um, had been really good, not necessarily so much with the kids, but on the topic of prayer um, were just really eye-opening for me on all the different areas of things that could be prayed for that I really hadn't thought about before. But um, like I said, my husband traveled quite a bit when our girls were little Um traveled like five days a week for a couple of years. And so, um, there was just a season where I just did not do well alone. And so, um, Stormy O'Mardian's book, the power of a praying wife, the power of a praying parent, um, were huge for me because it really helped me in a, from a worry perspective, you know, as a parent, um, just go, this is really something for the Lord. I can't, you know, maybe sometimes we want to take care of everything and have everything wrapped up in a nice little, you know, tidy box of, okay, well this happened. So then let me fix it. Um, but just gave me perspective on, um, the things that can be prayed for in advance for protection in different areas. Like I said, when, when Reggie traveled a lot, we had gotten broken into when my oldest was, uh, or my, I guess my second one was a newborn oh, wow. and um, I was terrified for years at night. And so when he was traveling, um, it was really became difficult and I would be calling him. He's like, Lynn, I'm in California. I can't, I can't do anything. And I'm like, I'm scared, you know, um, but those, those seasons um, of going through and reading those books and reminding me of, um, you know, where those fears were coming from, that those were not from the Lord. And that was the enemy getting in my mind. And, you know, the different types of things that you could pray for for your husband when he was traveling and in the workforce and out of town and, and um, you know, for us while we were home. But anyway, so those books were were really good, uh, really good for me. It's funny because you mentioned um, just seeing God in nature. My kids always make fun of me, but I get so jazzed when I cut, <laughs> when I cut like fruits and vegetables and you see like the design in some of them, 
it's just like, how can you not get excited about that? This sounds really <laughs> like if you take a stalk of celery and you cut it all the way down to the bottom and it just looks like this flower or you take certain fruit and slice it down the middle and you look at the design on the inside of it, you're like, I mean, how cool is the Lord? It just little stuff, like you said, that you just maybe sometimes take for granted that, um, you know, the creator of the universe did something just for me to see in that moment and um, mm-hmm. and that there was a, you know, design behind it that he didn't have to make, you know, whatever fruit it was pretty on the inside. We're just going to eat it. Right. But, um, <laughs> but just taking time for those things, I think is fun. So I appreciate yeah. that. Um, okay. So obviously we can find your book on Amazon. Um, any other place other than that, that you would want to let us know. And then you're on Instagram um, yes. as it at Julie Parado. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty active on Instagram and then, okay. yeah, the easiest place to get the book is on Amazon. So, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story. And it's just, it's fun to talk to people that they feel like, um, you know, that the Lord's laid something on their heart and, um, seeing the fruit of their work and the fruit of God, um, of them being obedient to the call God put on their heart to do something that really, like you said, might've been out of the box for them. So, um, I just can't wait to see what else God has in store with your book. And, um, obviously I'll be talking to you more on Instagram and stuff, but, um, thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks guys for listening to the drive through moms podcast until next time. Happy Wednesday. Hey, thanks for listening. It's pretty amazing to see God put people in your path and then hear their story of what he's doing in them in their sphere of influence, because that's different for everybody. So that's my challenge to you and myself. What is God asking us to do and what are we doing about it? He's called us to share what he's done in our own lives with the people around us. And I think that's pretty cool. Check out our review page on Apple Podcasts and you can find it in my link in my bio on Instagram at Drive Through Moms. But until next time, happy Wednesday. Thank you.